This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by the Book Riot Read Harder 2020 Challenge. Book Riot's annual challenge is back. Once again, Read Harder 2020 has 24 tasks designed to help you break out of your reading bubble and expand your worldview through books. With new genres, new authors, and new points of view, the challenge will hopefully help you discover amazing books you wouldn't have otherwise picked up. Read historical fiction that's not about World War II, a retelling of a classic or fairy tale, horror from an indie press, and so much more in this year's challenge. Go to bookriot.com slash readharder to get the full challenge task list and to check out the prizing for those who complete the challenge with a bonus prize this year. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 70, and we are recording on Tuesday, January 28th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hello, Rincey. How are you? I'm good. I didn't realize that today was January 28th until you just said that. And I was like, oh, wow, we're at the end of the month. (laughs) We're a month into 2020 and no one has figured it out yet. I mean, honestly, I don't know what's happening anymore in the world. So I, I but like, I'm not even joking when I just said, like, I really did not realize that was the date. Well, I'm glad you learned something new today. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I feel like this is such a recurring theme. Every time we do this, we it's like we've all of a sudden we're shocked about where the last two weeks have gone. I mean, honestly, though, I'm always very surprised where I'm like, oh, we're back again. <laughs> Yeah, and winter always, you know, just makes it feel, just kind of feel like time is just kind of, like, just never ending. And so you just have no idea what is supposed to be happening, except that it's cold and gray outside. Oh my gosh, I just saw a thing online where it was like, in Chicago specifically, we're go- we're on a full week, or Wednesday, yeah, tomorrow will be seven days without sunshine. I believe it. <laughs> so maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> It certainly doesn't help. And wherever wherever you all are listening from, I sincerely hope you're getting more sunshine than we are. You know, actually, before we started recording, Rencio, I said, oh, I've got it. I said, I just realized that my husband left his uh, UV light on in the office. I said, I should probably turn that off. But now I'm thinking about it. I maybe should turn that back on. I'm probably, probably vitamin D deficient right now. Honestly, we all are. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we jump into the episode, I have our first sponsor. And this episode is sponsored by Lost Hills, which is the first heart pounding book in a new series by Lee Goldberg. A rookie detective has to do more than solve a triple murder. She has to survive it. When Eve Ronan becomes the youngest female homicide detective in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, she feels a need to prove she earned her badge. Now she has to rely on her instincts and tenacity to capture a vicious killer, all while battling her own insecurities and mounting pressure from all directions. It's a deadly ordeal that will either prove her skills or totally destroy her. Uh, so like I said, this is the first book in a new series by bestselling author Lee Goldberg. Bestselling author Michael Conley said Lost Hills is Lee Goldberg at his best. Uh, this is great if you are interested in a thrilling page turner set in the hills of Los Angeles County. Um, so again, that's Lost Hills by Lee Goldberg, and we thank them so much for sponsoring this episode. 
All right. Well, uh, if you are a new listener, welcome. And uh, if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We are on episode 70. We are slowly but surely creeping ever closer to 100 episodes. <laughs> you make it sound so ominous, like something terrible is going to happen at 100. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a mystery podcast. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> But anyway, we are grateful to everyone who is listening, who has been listening on this wild and crazy journey. And this is the part of the episode where we solicit episode ideas and uh, reading requests, or if there's something that's been happening in the news that pertains to mysteries and suspense, we, we want to know what you're interested in. So we will have our contact information at the end of the show. So if you have anything that you think would be interesting for us to talk about in a future episode, please do let us know. Um, as I have said many times, we use these ideas to create new episodes all the time. It's very helpful for us, and it's fun to hear from everyone. And even if you don't have an idea but just wanted to send a shout out, we love to hear that too. We love to know that people are listening. Um, so yeah, we'll have that. We'll have the information at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, we always we always like to uh, put out that request. So with that, I guess I'll jump into our news segment. Um, which, if you remember from last episode, uh, we had a lot of Nicole Kidman news last last episode. We do not have any Nicole Kidman news this episode, however. Um, <laughs> so we will not have a Nicole Kidman news segment. Um, however, big news in the mystery world, which many of you were probably aware of, the Edgar Award nominees have been announced. So, of course, this is the big mystery award. This is the industry award for mystery and suspense and true crime authors. Um, and so we have the nominees, and we'll have a link to all of this in the, um, in the show notes. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, multiple categories as always. Best for best novel, um, just looking at it real quickly, both Rincey and I, actually, I don't think I've read any of the books in the best novel category, and there are a couple, um, that I was kind of not expecting to see in that category. I just wouldn't have thought that those would have been the nominees. Um, best first novel, uh, overall, I think this is going to be my favorite category, has one of my favorite books of last year, and I know, Renzi, you love this book, too, Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. Um, that was my favorite book last year, just, like, period. I loved it so much. Um, but yeah, so all of the nominees are listed, and then I think the awards themselves are usually announced in May somewhere. They're actually in April this year. April. Ah, they're fooling me, tripping me up. Um, so they're going to be announced in April this year. So of course, when those, when the winners are announced, we will, we will be sure to, uh, talk about that. But in the meantime, take a look. Um, there's some really great suggestions and maybe some, uh, reminders of books that you may not have gotten to last year. Um, and then I think, uh, I think we had a little bit of Lee Child news last episode, but even, even bigger news this for this episode, uh, Lee Child has announced that he is going to be passing on the Jack Reacher series to his brother, uh, whose name is Andrew Grant, but he set a requirement that Andrew has to change his last name to Child to kind of keep up with the brand. Um, 
uh, because Lee Child was born, the last name was Grant. Um, but he's, he said that Andrew, if he wants to write the books, he has to change, legally change his last name to Child. And this has come after, you know, many years of Lee Child trying to decide if he was going to kill off Jack Reacher. If so, how would he do it? Um, but he decided not to kill off the character and, is, and instead pass it along. So if you have been a, a Jack Reacher slash Lee Child fan, uh, fear not. Jack Reacher is not dying. He's, it sounds like he is being passed off into capable hands. Um, I have not read any of the books in the series, but I know a lot of people who are really like, who have read every single one of the books in the series. So I will be interested to hear from them. Uh, how the series changes um, with a, with a new author at the helm, but uh, definitely news to be aware of. Lee Child and Jack Reacher will be no more. Instead, it will be Andrew Child and Jack Reacher. I just think it's hilarious that he's making not <laughs> making him because it's not like forcing him, but like the fact that he has to legally change his name as opposed to just take on a pen name <laughs> is hilarious yeah. to me. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, why don't you just tell him to write, just put child on the book? Why does it have to be legally changed? But siblings, I I don't know. <laughs> I'll let them hash it out. That is true. I mean, clearly he agreed to it. There's literally a quote in here that says like, it's not as if he uh, I twisted his arm into doing it. And he didn't twist mine either. So, <laughs> you know, clearly they're fine with it. It's just funny to me. <laughs> All right, so I have uh, the next bit of news, and that is the fact that there is an Alex Cross TV series in the works at Amazon. Uh, so Amazon has decided to uh, develop a TV series based around James Patterson's Alex Cross t uh, novels. This is kind of uh, not exciting news for me personally, just because I'm not like a James Patterson, Alex Cross person. I've never watched any of the movie adaptations or anything like that. And but it, I, I feel like this is or James Patterson in general is good for TV, because he's written so many books, that there's plenty of stuff to pull from. And Alex Cross, I feel like at this point is a well-known enough character or mystery series that it would be good for Amazon to develop this. Um, so according to this news article, um, it's just in development. So there is no guarantee in terms of this actually coming to Amazon Prime, but they are working on creating something out of it. So that is potentially something that is coming in the future. Um, and then speaking of things that are unfortunately not coming back in the future, or at least it doesn't seem like it is, uh, Mindhunter season three has been put on an indefinite hold. Uh, so... It's, uh, if you aren't aware, this is a crime show that's on Netflix. And the first two seasons were like extremely well loved and critically acclaimed that follows these FBI agents or like investigators who basically get into the minds of serial killers. And it's based on like real, um, research that was done during this time period. I think it's set in the seventies. I want oh, to say. yeah, it, it's very 70s. Yeah, I haven't watched it, Katie. I know you have. Yeah. Um, and it, so it's based on like the actual developments in terms of like psychology and looking into serial killers and things like that and like sort of the development of all of that. Um, so it's been placed on an indefinite hold. So if you are someone who was a really big fan of the series, I'm sorry to break the news to you. Uh, but yeah, it's probably not coming back or it's very unlikely that it is. I was very sad when they announced that. I really enjoyed the first two seasons and I really wanted to see what else they'd do. And then I'm like, oh, 
Ugh. Yeah, it seems like, I don't know, Netflix lately, it seems like has been becoming more specific about what they choose to renew or not, or at least in terms of like, the newer the stuff that seems is getting a lot of attention. I mean, I don't know that Netflix also has like a bajillion things on <laughs> on its streaming service now. So who knows? Um, and then another bit of really quick news, there is a trailer out now for the film Lost Girls, which is based on the book Lost Girls and Unsolved American Mystery by Robert Kolker. Um, this movie is following Amy Ryan, who is the mother of a missing young woman who won't let law enforcement rest until they find out something about her daughter's whereabouts. Um, so if you read Lost Girls, uh, there is a movie adaptation that is coming out. Um, it'll be streaming on March 13th. So you can look forward to that. Yeah, and I actually did read that book a couple years ago for actually I think I read it for the podcast, but um it's really good. It's a really good true crime book um and it's excellent on audio if you happen to be a fan of true crime on audio, which I am. Um but yeah, it's about a series of unsolved murders. I think it's in Long Island. Um but it's about these um these sex workers that have been killed, um, but there hasn't really been a concerted effort to find out what happened. There's There's been kind of a lack of interest from law enforcement um, because of who these women were um and all that and all of that so there there's there's a lot to um there's a lot there's a lot going on in with this case and um the book I think does a really good job of looking at it and saying you know, seeing what is, you know, what's, what's going on and why the media and why law enforcement haven't, you know, put their efforts behind finding out what, what happened to these women. So it's, it's very, very good. Okay. So I guess with that, we'll, um, we'll go ahead and jump right into, um, the heart of our episode. And we decided to do a little genre bending for this episode. So we're talking about science fiction and fantasy mysteries. And Rinsey, I'll ask I'll ask you this cuz I know the answer for my book was your book more of a mystery at its heart that just happened to be kind of fantasy and science fiction or was it fantasy and science fiction that just happened to have a mystery in it? Um it definitely leaned towards the latter. Uh but Binds also kind of an interesting twist on things in that it's kind of also a Sherlock Holmes retelling. So both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the answer to your question was yes. <laughs> well, I, w- I w- actually, if you don't mind, I'll have you kick it off because I'm I am now interested in this because I vaguely know the title, but I don't know much about it. So yeah, I will be happy to start. Uh, so the book that I read was The Affair of the Mysterious Letter by Alexis Hall. This came out, I believe, late last year or mi- yeah, it came out in June of 2019. So it's a still a pretty new release. And like I said, this is a Sherlock Holmes retelling, but it's also a science fiction fantasy book. So you are following this character or your the story is being told through the character Captain John Wyndham and he is returning from fighting a war in another universe. Uh, he heads to this city, which I am not going to even try to pronounce because I can't with these science fiction words. Um, <laughs> but he looks to find some lodgings. He ends up at 221B Martyrs Walk and ends up with the housemate, Ms. Shahrazad Haas. And so 
Miss Haas is basically hired to look into someone who is blackmailing one of her former lovers, uh, Miss Irene Viola. And then the story is told literally all through Captain Wyndham's eyes as he learns about this new world, this new city that he's living in, as well as about these eccentric characters that he seems to be found around. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of book in that it's both extremely heavy in the world building, but it's also playing on a lot of the things that you know about Sherlock Holmes. Um, but it also like takes it to another level as well by adding some interesting twists to the characters that you know. Um, so based on what I've said, I'm sure you've picked up the fact that the person playing the Sherlock Holmes character is female. She's also pansexual. And then Captain John Wyndham is actually a transgender man. So Alexis Hall is really playing with like gender and sexuality in this book. And you see it done pretty well in this book. Um, but like Katie was insinuating, and I feel this way about a lot of like science fiction mysteries that I've read before, they tend to lean very heavily on the science fiction and fantasy side. So this is a book with like a lot of world building, a lot of like settings and names and places that for me personally, I have like a hard time with just because I'm not used to reading things like that. Um, so like trying to remember all of these places and worlds and how they all relate to each other is something that like requires a lot of work on my part. Um, so this is a book with a lot of world building. So if you are someone who also has a hard time with stuff like that, then you're just be aware of that. But if you're someone who really, really loves world building and loves that those sort of extra colors and details added to your story, I feel like this is definitely a book to pick up. Um, it's just a really fun book that plays a lot, again, with tropes and ideas that you already know. Um, and there's a lot of sort of like tongue in cheek commentary that's made by John Wyndham just because he is like this outsider joining this world for the very first time. And he's like his, the world that he grew up in and the world that he's used to is significantly more conservative and has like very specific values and specific um, traditions and things like that. And so going into this world with significantly more types of people and places and traditions and different things that he's not used to um he the author does a good job of sort of like introducing you to all of this stuff through uh john Wyndham's eyes um but there's a lot of like really fun commentary about how the way that miss shaharazad has talks is like full of you know colorful language and things like that that like captain john Wyndham himself is like super embarrassed to be uh talking about so he often like edits things and like lets you know that it, He's editing those things. So it has that like sort of like winky, like elbow nudgy tone to it. So again, if that's something that you're into, um, this would be is like a fun, witty, kind of weird fantasy mystery book that I think like plays on both sides of the genre. That sounds really interesting. And like, like I said, I vaguely knew the title, but I did not realize it had so much stuff going on. <laughs> Yeah, this is like a book that's like full of a lot. So I think it's like kind of a plus or minus depending on like what you like in a book. Um, again, there's like a lot, there's a, so much detail that can really like paint a picture for you. But at the same time, like if you're the type of mystery reader that really cares about the mystery aspect of it, I feel like this might 
let you down a little bit. Well, I think my book is like the exact opposite (laughs) of yours in basically every respect, except for the fact that it also had a science fiction element to it, Um, like rather than necessarily like fantasy-ish, since you're talking about like different universes. Um, But the book that I read was called Vessel by Lisa A. Nichols. And I believe I talked about this book last year as one of my anticipated reads for 2019. And I didn't get around to reading it until just now. Um, But it was really good. So this book kind of, it, it feels a little bit like the Martian in that it it talks about someone coming back from a from an extended space mission but the well the main character is Catherine Wells and she after NASA loses contact with her uh with her and her crewmates they are traveling through a black hole and they are they their mission is to investigate the, uh this planet that's on the other side of the black hole that might be inhabitable for humans. And they lose contact with them, and everyone believes that the mission has failed, that that everyone is dead. But then, like, I think almost a decade later, uh, Catherine's ship suddenly reappears, um, and NASA is able to establish contact. And Catherine is alive, but she's the only member of her crew who who is still alive. She's the only one on the ship. And the stranger thing is that she does not remember anything that happened. She can barely remember, like, she doesn't remember going through the black hole. She doesn't remember visiting the planet. She doesn't remember anything that happened. All she knows is that she's coming back to Earth and her crew is dead and she doesn't know why. Um, so this book was really interesting because it has that science fiction element and it's, it's, it's not, it's not nearly as heavy on the science as The Martian was. If you read that book, which again is like one of my favorite books of all time. Um, but it's, it focuses a lot on the inner workings of NASA and, um, how, you know, how these astronauts train for missions and how they work to, and how they work together and how you prepare for missions, like as an engineer and stuff like that. Um, so it has that science fiction element, but at the heart of it, it's really like a, a psychological suspense novel, um, plus like, a domestic drama kind of as as well because when Catherine returns to Earth, she is she's reunited with her husband, with her eighteen year old daughter. They've they believe that she died in space and now she's back and they kind of have to reassemble their lives after making peace with the fact that they probably won't ever see her again. Um so there's there's like a lot of character stuff going on as she tries to reacclimate to life on earth um kind of figure out the dynamics of her marriage of her relationship with her daughter she comes back to find out that her husband had been in a long in a serious long-term relationship with one of her best friends um and it's like there's a lot of like really complicated character stuff going on um but then on top of that she's Catherine is also experiencing like basically black holes in her memory where she will look at the clock and realize that like three hours have gone by and she has no idea what happened. I was going to say, kind of like us when we realize, where did these two weeks go? But more extreme. 
but she or she'll um kind of come to and realize oh she's standing in the middle of like the NASA archives that she really has no reason she doesn't have any reason to be there and she doesn't know how she got there or why she's there so there's a lot of there's a lot of like okay what's going on she um she starts experiencing feelings of like disgust and rage occasionally when she looks at people because then all of a sudden she kind of like hallucinates and they people look like monsters she's not quite sure what's real what's not is she awake is she not um and so she's kind of like losing control of who she is what she's doing as whatever this is it keeps happening and then on top of that there's all of like the political stuff with nasa about Wanting to spin this as a success story, like, oh, she returned home. We can learn new things that will help, that will help make the next mission more successful. And it's, and so, so she's kind of up against this, um, this administration that wants to, really wants to put a positive spin on what, whatever happened to her. And she's like, no, there's something wrong. And they're like, oh, no, you're fine. She's like, no, really, there's something wrong. Um, and so, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff at play. Um, but it's, it's a short book. Like, I'm pretty sure it's under 300 pages. Um, yeah, it's just under 300 pages. It's a fast read. Um, I, I got through it in like a few long sittings. Um, it's a page turner. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, so if you liked, um, yeah, I would, I would say The Martian, like, would be kind of a good starting point. Like, if you enjoyed The Martian, this might, this would be kind of a good branching off point that kind of has some of the same elements, but a little bit of a different flavor to it. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, so again, the book is called Vessel by Lisa A. Nichols. Yeah, I remember you talking about that on that most anticipated episode and being like, oh, I should read that. And then I never did either. And now I want to read it again. So good job. <laughs> All right. So uh, let us know if you guys ever check out these sort of genre crossing mystery books and what your opinions are on them. And if you have any that you really enjoy, then definitely let us know about those as well. Because like I always say, we always enjoy getting uh, suggestions from you guys about good books to read. All right, so I have our new releases for this week, and there are a lot of really good books coming out over the next like two weeks. So I will try my best to not talk for too long. <laughs> um, so the first one I have is High Five by Joe Ide. This is the fourth book in the IQ series, and I can't believe there's already four books out. Um, so if you aren't aware, IQ, the IQ series is following this character named Isaiah Kintabe, who lives in Los Angeles and he's basically a private investigator but without the license um and he solves crimes for different people like usually living in his neighborhood or close by him um so in this book you are following christiana who is the daughter of the biggest arms dealer on the west coast angus Byrne. she's also the sole witness and number one suspect in the murder of her boyfriend who was found dead in her new Port Beach Boutique. Um, IQ is now coerced into taking the case to prove her innocence. And if he can't, Agnes uh, will harm the PI's new girlfriend, ending her career. The catch is that Christiana has multiple personalities. Um, and Isaiah's or IQ's dilemma is that there's no one personality who saw the entire incident. And so 
they're all basically giving him different pieces of the mystery that he has to put together before the cops close in on him. So if you are a fan of the IQ series, then just know that there is a new book out now that you guys can check out. And again, that's called High Five by Joe Ide. Next, I have The Other People by C.J. Tudor. Uh, so if C.J. Tudor sounds familiar, she wrote the book The Chalk Man and The Hiding Place. I know, Katie, you read Chalk Man, and I believe, and really enjoyed it. So in this new book, you are following this character named Gabe, who's driving home one night, stuck behind a rusty old car. And then Gabe sees a little girl's face appear in its rear view window. She mouths one word, daddy, and it's his five-year-old daughter, Izzy, and he never sees her again. Three years later, Gabe spends his days and nights traveling up and down the highway, searching for the car that took his daughter and refusing to give up hope, even though most people believe that she's dead. When the car that he saw escape with his little girl is found abandoned with the body inside, Gabe must now confront not just the day Izzy disappeared, but the painful events from his past now dredged to the surface. Uh, so this sounds super interesting to me. I'm very intrigued by this premise a whole lot. And and so if you read The Chalk Man or The Hiding Place, a new C.J. Tudor book is out now. And again, that's called The Other People. And then from bestselling author of The Other Girl and Justice for Sarah, Erica Spindler, there is a new book called The Lookalike, which is a new psychological drama. Uh, Sienna Scott grew up in the dark shadow of her mother's paranoid delusions, and now she's returned home to confront her past and the unsolved murder that altered the course of her life. In her mother's shuttered house, an old fear that has haunted Sienna for years rears its ugly head, that it was she who had been the killer's target that night. And now, with it, a new fear that the killer not only intended to remedy his past mistake, he's already begun. But are these fears any different from the ones that torment her mother? So this, again, just sounds super creepy. If you like a good psychological mystery book, this one sounds like it would be right up your alley. Um, so again, that's called The Lookalike by Erica Spindler. And all of those books that I just mentioned are already out now, so you can head to your bookstore or local library and pick them up. Coming out next week is Gin Patrol on the Purple Line by Deepa Anapara. And this one takes place in India. Uh, Jai drools outside of sweet shops, watches too many reality police shows, and considers himself to be smarter than his friends Pari, though she gets the best grades, and FaZe, although FaZe has an actual job. When a classmate goes missing, Jai decides to use the crime-solving skills he's picked up from TV to find him. He asks Pari and Fais to be his assistants, and together they draw up a list of people to interview and places to visit. But what begins as a game turns sinister as other children start disappearing from their neighborhood. Jai, Pari, and Fais have to confront terrified parents, an indifferent police force, and rumors of soul-snatching gins. As the disappearances edge ever closer to home, the lives of Jai and his friends will never be the same again. So this book is drawing on real incidents and the state of disappearances in different cities in India. Um, this book is being described as extraordinarily moving, flawlessly imagined, and a triumph of suspense. And it captures the fierce warmth, resilience, and bravery that can emerge in times of trouble that carries the reader headlong into a community that once encountered is impossible to forget. So again, that one is 
was called Gin Patrol on the Purple Line by Deepa Anapara. And then also coming out next week on February 4th is 18 Tiny Deaths, The Untold Story of Francis Glessner Lee and the Invention of Modern Forensics by Bruce Goldfarb. So Francis Glessner Lee was born a socialite to a wealthy and influential Chicago family in the 1870s and was never meant to have a career, let alone one steeped in death and depravity. Yet she developed a fascination for the investigation of violent crimes and made it her life's work. Uh, she's best well known for creating the Nutshell Studies of Unexplained Deaths, a series of dollhouses that appear charming until you notice the macabre little details like an over turned chair or a blood splattered comforter. And then, of course, there are the bodies splayed out on the floor, draped over chairs, clothed in garments that Lee lovingly knit with sewing pins. Um, so in 18 Tiny Deaths, Bruce Goldfarb delves into Lee's journey from grandmother without a college degree to leading the scientific investigations of unexpected death out of the confines of centuries-old techniques and into the light of modern day. Um, Lee developed a system that used nutshell these nutshells dioramas to train law enforcement officers to investigate violent crimes, and her methods are still used today. So if you are someone who really enjoys these sort of true crime or and like sort of science side of investigations, things like that. This is definitely worth picking up. And it talks about how like modern investigations have been influenced by this woman from the 1870s who probably shouldn't have been, you know, doing these things according to society. Um, so again, that's called 18 Tiny Deaths, The Untold Story of Francis Glessner Lee and the Invention of Modern Forensics by Bruce Goldfarb. Did I talk about that one in my most anticipated books of the year? I don't think so, because I don't remember, but I also have a terrible memory, as we've already established, so. I, yeah, I cannot remember if I talked about it. I know I have talked about it to other people, and I may have just forgotten where I've talked about it, but yeah, I knew about this book a little while ago, and I'm, it just sounds so cool, and I'm like, that's the kind of grandmother that I want to be, like, hand-knitting little mini bloodstained comforters. <laughs> I mean, we shall aspire to be that amazing. So. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I did. That is, that is definitely the one assuming, hopefully, if I, if I reach that golden age, I hope to embody that, that, that kind of spirit. Um, but yeah, so that, well, that's a book that I've had on my radar. So I, I can't wait to read that one. All right. Well, I guess I'll, I'll give you a brief break from talking. Um, <laughs> In terms of what we've currently been reading, um, I haven't, I've been, I've been reading slash listening to a stuff other than mysteries, um, but I did start and finish, um, Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Robel, which I know I talked about in the most anticipated episode. Um, this was probably one of my most anticipated, um, mystery suspense novels of the year, and I tore through it in like two days. I, I've already talked about it on that episode, but I definitely want to talk about it again. Uh, trigger warning. All, there's all kinds of abuse, emotional manipulation, all of that kind of stuff going on here. Um, so just, just be forewarned. Um, yeah, so Darling Rose Gold, um, what first drew me to it, um, is that the relationship that's, the story of this relationship between the mother and the daughter, where the 
mother um, made her uh, daughter, Rose Gold, for the first 18 years of her life, made her believe that she was critically ill. Um, she made her believe that, you know, she was allergic to everything, that she had some kind of, like, digestive issues. She, you know, she was sick all the time. She was in a wheelchair. And what it actually was, was Munchausen by proxy syndrome, where a caretaker, um, most frequently a mother or a grandmother or a female caretaker, makes, um, someone in their care ill or makes them believe that they are ill. Um, and that's something that I picked up on, you know, years or that I learned about years ago from watching something or reading about something. And it just was so horrifying and so darkly fascinating that it, it just, it's a concept that just boggles my mind. Um, so when I knew that this book kind of focused on that, I'm like, okay, this, this is going to be interesting. And yeah, it's, if, if it's really, really dark because this, like the book is, goes back and forth between, uh, the point of view of the mother and the point of view, um, who, the mother's name is Patty and the daughter's name is Rose Gold. So it goes back and forth between their points of view. Um, the present day part of the story, Patty has been released from jail after five years. She was put in jail after Rose Gold testified against her saying that her mother subjected her to this abuse when she was growing up. Um, so Patty has served five years and, and now she's being released and Rose Gold offers to let her mom live with her in her new house. And so obviously anyone anyone looking at at this relationship goes, "Okay, there there is something very very wrong going on here." And if that's what you're thinking, you are absolutely correct. It is this is a really really dark novel. Um it is yeah, I can't I I don't want to talk about specifics too much because I mean, you you know what is going, you know, he's like you know there's something going on and you like because you're you're um because you're reading part of the book from Patty's point of view, the mother, she's very very like you you know right away when she's being manipulative and what her thoughts are. Like there's not really much hidden there. Um but you slowly get bits and pieces of more backstory, um, more of what Rose Gold went through both when her mother was still, when she was still living with her mother and then after her mother was put in jail. Like you just slowly get, get little bits of her backstory. Um, and this, this book, even at the, at the end, there was a, there, there, there's a definite twist to this book that I, did not see coming. Um, that, yeah, it's, there, there is a lot going on here. Um, but yeah, so if psychological suspense novels that focus on, like, that focus on, like, family relationships, if that's, if that's difficult for you, you might want to find something else. If you do, uh, enjoy these types of books. Like if you, like if you read Sharp Objects, this is, this is, this is a really good read alike for Sharp Objects. Um, yeah, it, this this book was really really dark. Um, but you know, we know me. I I I read the dark, demented, and disturbing books so other people don't have to. Um, but yeah, this this one was really really good. Um, so again, that is Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Robel. Um, and then in terms of what I'm gonna 
what I'm starting or what I might read next. I, I guess kind of keeping with this theme, um, we've, we've talked about the book, um, If You Tell by Greg Olson. Um, it's a true crime book about these, about these three sisters that were raised in a very abusive, um, raised by a very abusive mother. Um, so again, every trigger warning possible with this book. Um, I'm not very terribly far into the audio, but it is, it is a difficult listen. Um, so I, I will collect my thoughts at the end, um, about what, what my overall thoughts are, but, um, it is a compelling listen, but like I said, very, very difficult and comes loaded with all of the trigger warnings. Um, but again, that is called If You Tell by Greg Olson. All right. So I have been reading quite a few books lately. Um, but the one that I will be talking about today is Who is Vera Kelly by Rosalie Necht. Uh, this book came out in 2018 and I'd been wanting to pick it up since then. Um, but I just never really got around to it. And then I heard that there was a second book coming out and I didn't realize this was going to be a series. So I decided to finally pick up the first one. Um, so this is kind of like a literary fictiony type of mystery book. It's also kind of a spy novel, but kind of not. Uh, so you're following Vera Kelly, who in like the 1960s basically gets recruited to the CIA. Um, and it, the story flashes back and forth in time between like Vera Kelly's past and what's happening right now in the present. And what's happening in the present, she's in Argentina. It's still the 1960s. Um, she's in Argentina and she's trying to basically wiretap a local politician and infiltrate a group of student activists in Buenos Aires to see if any of them are like particularly dangerous to the CIA in the United States. Um, and basically like she falls deeper into this group as trying to find out more information for the CIA, but then there is a coup in Argentina and, you know, things, you know, don't go well as they often don't during coups. So they're following, again, these two timelines between Vera Kelly's past and her present. And I just thought it was like such a fascinating backstory to this character. Um, I'm someone who doesn't really read a lot of spy novels. Spy novels usually aren't my like flavor of mystery books that I like to pick up. So this wasn't so I was like, kind of hesitant about the way this would go. But I'm vibed with it pretty well. Um, I will say that like the backstory is really what draws me into it. I think that Rosalie Natch has created this really interesting character. Um, Vera Kelly is is queer in some way. Um, they don't necessarily label it because again, it's like the 1960s. And so she like hides a lot of that. But that's woven into her backstory. She's not someone who has like a natural spy tendency. And so you it's really interesting to see sort of like what has happened to her growing up and sort of how she ended up where she is and how she ended up getting recruited into the CIA is really, really fascinating. Um, and it's kind of a nice like build and reveal that happens over the course of the book. And I'm really interested to see uh, what happens in the second book. It's called Vera Kelly is Not a Mystery and I think it's coming out this summer. So yeah, I'm someone who really enjoyed this book. And I think that if you enjoy sort of more slow burn mystery books, if you enjoy more literary mysteries, then this one might be one worth checking out. 
And then in terms of what I'm going to be starting, um, I just picked up The Vanishing Stare by Maureen Johnson. This is the second book in the Truly Devious series, which we've talked about multiple times now at this point because I'm very much enjoying the series and the third book and third and final book in the trilogy just came out. So I mentioned this, I believe, in my most anticipated as like a plant passing mention. And then we mentioned it again, I think in the last episode when the third book came out. Um, but if you aren't aware, the Truly Devious series is a young adult mystery series. And you are following this character named Stevie Bell, who goes to who ends up going to this private university called Ellingham uh, Academy. And basically, like, there was like this unsolved mystery that happened at this academy years and years ago. And Stevie Bell goes to this academy to try to figure out what happens. And then obviously other things happen over the course of the first book. Um, so I'm super excited to just continue on with this, this book and then to pick up the third book and to see how the entire series wraps up. I just say, so things happen and then more things happen. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to talk about series books. I like never know how much information I can give away when t- giving synopsis for when you're in the middle of a series that's like a connected series. <laughs> so like, just know that a lot of really interesting stuff happens in that first book. And I think it's worth picking up. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it's for certain like shows, like if I watch it, like if I'm watching a show on Netflix, and I'm not super like I'm invested, but not super invested in it. And they've and I'm like, there's a few seasons ahead. I will skip through to just to read the synopsis of the next few episodes. I'm like, Oh, that character does come back. Okay, good to know. <laughs> well, it's not quite like that. I think all <laughs> I think all of these books are worth picking up. There's only three. But yeah, it's just one of those things where I just didn't know how to talk about it without like giving away too many spoilers. I really <laughs> just think it's a really fun young adult mystery series that more people should check out. Yeah, so definitely read it if you're interested in, interested in things and then some other things. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> that's the show. Thanks so much for uh, everyone for always listening. Uh, for show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. We'll have links to all of the news articles we mentioned at the top of the show, as well as links to all of the books that we mentioned in this episode. If you enjoy the podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can find us and check us out and join our little community here. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions like Katie mentioned, you can email us at redordead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey A. And I'm on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.